0: Hello everybody. Welcome to Wine Women and Writing. This is Pamela Fagan Hutchins and this is a show where I talk to other writers about their complex authentic characters and especially female writers about their female characters. I'm so excited because this week I'm at BoucherCon. and at BoucherCon I have the ability to make a lot of new friends from all over the world that write the same kind of crazy dead body stuff that I do (laughs) and if I'm lucky talk to them on the air about it which is the treat you have in store for you today before we get started I want to let you guys know that if you have a particular interest in um, getting these free podcasts delivered straight to your device you can go to my website PamelaFaganHutchins.com, the Wine, Women, and Writing page, and there's a link there to pick your favorite device and have it auto-delivered, free of charge, and if you so desire, and I would desire for you too, you could um, also support the show in any way you'd like to or even pitch to be on it yourself. So with no further ado or rambling on on my part, I (laughs) want to introduce my new friend Amy M. Reed. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for being here. So, Amy and I um, share a link to Sisters in Crime Mm -hmm. and we ran into each other, had a book signing yesterday. She is not from around here, y'all. You guys know I split my time between Texas and Wyoming. Tell us a little about you and and where from you hail, whence from you
1: hail. I hail from New Jersey. Uh, I hail from Southern New Jersey, which is quite a bit different from Northern New Jersey. You're not the snooky crowd. Up I was gonna say no. <laughs> I, I when I'm on Instagram, I hashtag my my shots as the other Jersey Shore because <laughs> we live down where it's quieter and um, beaches and flat. Flatland, and, and yeah, you know that that part is the same as the snooky part of New Jersey, but it's <laughs> much slower paced, much quieter, I would say.
0: I love that. Yeah. That's right up my alley. <laughs> and so, is this your first Khan, or Have you been coming for a while?
1: No, I went to the one in New Orleans, I think, three years ago, and then two years ago, Toronto, and then I skipped last year, which I think was in Saint Petersburg. What's your favorite thing about Balshacon? Ah, oh, meeting everybody, yeah. meeting new people. M- m- learning about other authors and there was I was on a panel yesterday with a with a guy I had not met before and I cannot wait to read his books he sounds fascinating that's so, super cool yeah. for
0: those of you that don't know Boucher Khan pairs up authors and other people in the publishing industry and book selling industry with fans and of course authors are readers and we're yeah. the biggest fans yeah. there are I mean <laughs> just basically Definitely. go around trying to read all the name tags I know. and <laughs> cool I read <laughs> your books <laughs> <Didn't tell. laughs> when someone's looking at your name tag instead of your face yeah and they look at mine and then they go oh <laughs> <laughs> oh you <laughs> well tell us about what you write obviously it's something mystery
1: thriller or suspense right I write uh mysteries and I write in a number of uh sub-genres of mystery so I write gothic in the style of Daphne du Maurier and uh Victoria Holt Mary Stewart not the werewolf vampire type of gothic um but more the atmospheric, spooky, right. suspenseful type of gothic. Um, I also write cozy mysteries, I write contemporary mysteries and I have a new historical mystery series that will be coming out soon.
0: When we were talking before the show and she was going through the list of all the ways, i mean, those are drastic changes of writer brain when you're doing them. We're dark, we're light, we're edgy, we're this. And um, so we were gonna call this mystery
1: personality disorder. So (laughs) blah, blah, blah. But I like
0: it, I like it. So do I. So
1: what are you working on now? I am working on the third book in my Cozy series, which is called the Juniper Junction Holiday Mystery Series. And they're mysteries set around holidays, typically on the American calendar. Okay. Um, So I started out with Christmas. Um, The second one was July 4th. The Christmas one was called The Worst Noel. And the July 4th one is called Dead White and Blue. (laughs) And my Valentine's Day one that I'm working on now is called Be My Crime. And oh. then I'm working on a Halloween one. I'm just, just this much started with it. Okay, I've got... Oh, go Night ahead, out. go Ghoul's Night Out.
0: Ghoul's go. Night Out. Yes. I have to ask, okay, so you get these readers and they start with your gothic. Mm-hmm. And then you come out with um, Dead White and Blue. Right. And do they make the transition with you? Do they? Do, are you hearing from the same folks? Yes, I am. Most of I them make it. that
1: transition with me. Yes.
0: And w- what made you make that transition? Was this just a part of you that said... I need some sunshine in my life. Yes. And <laughs> yep.
1: This was me trying to write a book that's got a little bit of humor in it. Yeah. You know, there's some, in, in the gothics, there's a snarky comment here and there, but in the cozy, you know, you can really work with humor a little bit more, and I've got a couple of you know, um, one of the main characters in The Cozy Mystery is uh, the main character's mom, who has dementia. And so as these books progress, you know, her dementia is getting a little bit worse and a little bit worse. Um, but I think it's it's really cool to be able to deal with that, but, but kind of deal with it in a humorous way. Absolutely. Not that there's anything funny about dementia, but there are there are funny things that happen that you can look at later and say, you know, that was, a, was kind of funny. And
0: absolutely. My nice mother-in-law to... has dementia and it is at the moment that things happen, you think, okay, I'm going to cry. But later right, right. you laugh until you cry. You're like, yes. well, what else can you do? Right, because if right. you can't laugh,
1: then you're just in the process of dying yourself. You've right. Right. To... And you internalize it and, exactly. it and eventually it just comes out and it's, it can be ugly when it comes out. If, if you don't, see the humor in some situations.
0: Tragedy plus time equals humor. Yes. So it's our perspective and Mm -hmm. how quickly Mm -hmm. we can gain it. The healthy of us, you know, it's not instantaneous because that's inappropriate. Oh, right, right, right. But it's pretty quick. Yes. Laugh fast. Yes. So I love that you're laughing. And I'm very, very intrigued by your Libraries of the World series. I want to hear how you came up with this idea and do you have the, those are you have some
1: of these out the libraries of the world the first book is the out first now, book and out. i'm working on the second one what's it called for us uh the first book was called uh, trudy's diary Kay. and the second book will be
0: called dutch treat Dutch Treat, trudy's diary and so you just pick a library and some
1: special book collection that can become part of the mystery and the clues or right so um we took a family trip to england what Oh, two years ago, I guess. And there is a library there um, in Herefordshire called, or Hereford, Herefordshire, I guess it's called. I can't say it. So, um, she said it perfectly. The Hereford <laughs> Cathedral has in it an old library where the books are shelved, but they're all chained the shelf. It's called the Chained Library. Ah. And so I got sort of this idea when I visited the library that it would be really cool to start a mystery series where I use different collections that are specific to certain libraries around the world um, to commit or solve a crime. And so once I came back from that trip, I started kind of thinking about what libraries could I use? You know, there are some obvious ones like the Trinity Long Library in, mm-hmm. in Dublin. Um, but the, the one that came to me first was the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. Ah. Um, so I, I wrote that book first. That was Trudy's Diary is a book using the Library of Congress dime novel collection. Okay. Um, and dime novels were sort of the precursor uh, to paperbacks in the early 1900s. And they were written on... Um, very cheap paper uh, so that they're called dime novels so that they could be sold for five or ten cents a piece and they could start introducing that type of fiction, a little bit lighter fiction. That's cool. Yeah, the poor people, particularly uh, young women, Mm -hmm. who who started being able to afford to read books at that point. Um, And look where that's gotten us, you know? (laughs)
0: Yes, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so um, right now I'm working on the, the the book Dutch Treat, and that takes place in not takes place takes place in New York City, but it uses one of one or two of the collections in the New York City Public Library, uh, their map collection and their rare artifacts collection. Um, I love this idea, a and it's a librarians really neat idea, I think. are gonna eat this up. They do seem to like <laughs> it. Yes. Yeah, they do.
0: You know, because they get plenty of librarian mysteries that are like the Cat on the Shelves, you know, right, kind right. of book. Yes, but this is yes. a serious librarian mystery. Yeah, this is different. This is this pretty is a cool. Little more are there librarians in the stories
1: too? I assume, or is it? Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, it's particularly, um, you know, uh, librarians who deal with archives, who deal with mm-hmm. the older older materials in the library and research assistance. And um, I got some help, you know, when I visited the Library of Congress, I got some help from one of the rare books librarians there. And so I have not visited the New York City Public Library since I started writing this book, but yeah. I plan to. Um, it's just nice to talk to them and kind of, put them, kind of put them into the story. It's
0: really cool. It is so, very cool. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that's fun about it is that you're, you know, geographically, you are now able to, keep this going as long as you want to travel the world and find interesting libraries and collections which I mean, is forever forever, yeah, forever I know, right yes, yes. I and mean, this is the rest of your life <laughs> i know i love it <laughs> and and the the setting element for me changes everything you know i mm-hmm. love the thought that you can within one series completely have a different tone and culture and mm-hmm. the people yes. are different, the language and the customs are different. For a writer, that's just rich. That's It is. I love it. I now, love it. And so, a different culture a different time a different place you have a mm. new series coming out now a historical yes. series yes
1: I have a historical I told series. you she has mystery yes. personality disorder <laughs> um, the historical series is going to be set in Cape May County mostly around the area of Cape May New Jersey which is an old Victorian seaside resort but it you know it certainly goes back beyond Victorian times um, so the first book is going to be set in the early 1700s, about 60 to 65 years after Cape May started um, seeing white and European settlers okay. come in. Um, so my plan for the book is to follow different members of the same family. So the, the, the first character is Millicent, and it'll be people in Millicent's family line up through the years. Probably so you're going to progress it... Uh, right through different um important eras of Cape May County's history. That's fun. I'm planning to end it around World War 2.
0: Okay. So. so now all this begs the question that what is your background that has led to these great ideas? Is there something about Amy that leads us to each of these tangents, if you will, right. into mystery, mystery dumb.
1: Mystery I dumb. think it's that i like to read all those kinds of mysteries i like to read any kind of mystery um but i also am a lawyer and i don't practice anymore but me too (laughs) <laughs> really so yeah. the research I find fascinating exactly. my, the research is something uh, that's my favorite part of every book is you, the research
0: I actually spent a while working for West Publishing as a research attorney because that's what I love to do I was like I don't care about any of that other stuff if yeah. I'm going to do law stuff just let me let me look things up
1: right I worked for the Research Institute of America <laughs> <laughs> um, for a while and okay. you know that's what I love to do yeah, so I totally relate I think, I think that's why because I you know I just like all these different avenues of research mm-hmm. um, but they weren't all going to fit yeah in the gothic style books that I started with so I thought well I'll just branch out and write what I like were the gothics your favorite is that what got you started there yes
0: Are they still? Definitely. Does
1: your heart keep calling
0: you back? Yes, it
1: does. (laughs) Yes, and I and I keep saying, you know, I I really like to start another gothic, and my husband says, oh do do the Kate May stuff first,
0: do that first, and so we'll okay, we're gonna we're gonna make it. Watch this, guys. A sunspot has appeared on Amy's face, so we're gonna shift. There okay. we go. <gasps> better. Better. <laughs> yeah, we're we're hijacked. <laughs> yeah. And it's, this, is, this uh, screen is balanced on a backpack. Yes. And I'm going to turn my head. It's a little tilted now. <laughs> I've totally messed us up. We're going with the sunspot. Um, but funny. I love that this background of being an attorney who loved research because I find so many people from professions yes. like the law right. where writing and research is integral to what you do. And right, right. I mean, because the writing is as well. No matter what area of the law you find yourself oh, in. lawyers write. Lawyers write. All the, I, all the
1: time, every I, day. I used right. to,
0: I, for a long time I was an investigator, a workplace investigator, and I would write 50, 60-page reports, and I'd crank those suckers out like there was no tomorrow. Yeah. But sit us down in front of a laptop and say, draft your novel. And, you know, you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. things are different. Yes, yeah. yeah, so definitely. now, you no longer... Um, practice law, are you totally now, this is it, you're a writer, and this is all you do? absolutely. It's the coolest thing ever, isn't
1: it? Yeah, people ask if I want to go back to the law, and I I really don't. No. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. I I don't think wild horses could drag me, you know? No (laughs) No, way, no no, how. No, no. But... I, do you ever want to write mysteries with that are more like legal thrillers? Has that ever been something? No. Isn't that fun? It's funny? not.
1: You know, I don't like to watch legal dramas. Me either. I don't want to watch. I, I just don't want it. I, and I don't want to write legal thrillers. I don't. I no have no courtrooms, no nothing.
0: In the first novel I wrote, I had a courtroom scene, and I still have people that write and say that's my favorite thing. When are you going to write legal thrillers? And it's like never. That would be that would be the answer that's is it. never. And any lawyer I write always manages to have been an escapee from the law. I don't know what that's about. That's you know? right.
1: I've <laughs> met so many lawyers who have turned into writers. And, and really... I think there's something too. You know, when you're practicing law everything is fact-based and it's very um logical yeah you know, when you write an affidavit everything has to be step by step by step and i think that helps that writer brain i think you've got this um you've got this need to keep things logical and to keep things understandable Which is mystery right i mean right y- y- a lot of i don't
0: find a lot of um Former lawyers that go into more—I would think of it as uh, loosey-goosey, free-form literary writing because it just isn't right. the right. way we were trained. That's and right. I bet you plot your mysteries. I bet you outline I at least a little to outline. bit. Yeah,
1: and it w- I found that it was taking too long. Yeah, and so now I write like a two or three page, almost a synopsis. Yeah, you know that I would submit to a publisher. Um, if they asked for if they asked for um, some type of proposal, I would, right. I would send it, um, and that I use as a roadmap. So I kind of I always refer back to it so that I make sure you know I'm on the right path. Yes, um, but I do not plot out everything in in such minute detail like I used to. You have
0: to have a little bit of, of freedom to let the characters. Um do their own crazy things. You do. Take you off in directions. But, man, it's hard to write a mystery without any idea of where you're going. It is. It really is. And so I think that when we come to something like BoucherCon, I find more people here that are some level of plotters Mm -hmm. than at a general writers convention where you get a lot more pantsers who are like, I never write a thing down before I start. And it's like, you do not write mysteries then, I tell ya.
1: (laughs) Well, and I was listening to a panel yesterday where one of the authors said, you know, You may not think you're an outliner, but you're an outliner. You in your head something in your head, maybe it's not written down, but it's there. Exactly. You know know where you're headed and and what's gonna happen.
0: I can't stand doing this to her face, so y'all watch this. Mm -hmm. Here we go, here we go. It's coming in. There we go. Beautiful. We're blocking it, turning and scoot. <laughs> there we go. This we'll is scoot. what happens when you are flexible. Yes. Flexibility is the key to air power, as my brother would say. He's a marine pilot, or he was. Oh. He's about to retire. Oh, my. But um, I feel that way with podcasting. That flexibility <laughs> is the key to podcasting. Yep. Flexibility that is the
1: key to everything. It really is. It is.
0: Which is, you know, mm-hmm. an outline is a plan, but it is mm-hmm. also just a guideline. It's not set in stone. Right. And I, and that's, I think, one of the other things that people do. They get too locked into the idea of if I write it down in an outline now, I have to follow it. No. You don't. You just have right. to live with the consequences of, you know, And I think that's what the happened in my
1: first book. My outline was 100 pages long for that first book. Oh, so and you were really married to it. So I really, really mm-hmm. was. And so I would check back after every few sentences and make sure I was... And that wasn't working. And, like I said, it was taking way too long once I got yeah. once I finished writing that book and started submitting you know after that I got the contract and I had a lot less time oh yeah to write the book after that so it's funny first books take years
0: Yeah. yeah. second mm-hmm. books maybe mm-hmm. a year yeah. and many months and yeah. then it gets faster and uh-huh. faster and yeah. faster and you learn that you can do it mm-hmm. but it yes. is, there's some parts about it that are a little less fun and a lot more like
1: work. But you right, still get right. to talk
0: to your imaginary friends. And you every day. <laughs> you still get every to day. do research.
1: Right. <laughs> and you need to find the routine that works for you yeah. in order to be cr- cranking out those words every single day. And I think that's really important, too.
0: At the end of the day, most writers don't get rich, and they still work their job. It seems like a glamorous fantasy lifestyle, yeah. and we wouldn't trade it. But right. it right. still
1: work. I know. <laughs> it is. It is. But I, it's... The it's best. the best job it's the in the best world. Job it
0: in is. the world. It is. I find that I'll work harder for this than I'll work for anything else too. Mm-hmm. Because it's right. it's what I'd be doing anyway. Yes. A little O C D, you know? A little yeah. O C D about writing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: A little bit. Most lawyers have a little when bit you, anyway. I know. When you wake <laughs> up in the night and you think what you know, what's gonna happen <laughs> next and yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward I don't know which one
0: I'm looking forward to most. The the names of your cozies. Are hilarious. Did you come up with the titles yourself? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's funny too. I love that. She's funny. She's them. dark. Yeah. She's a researcher. <laughs> you know, and and now she's a historian. That's all, those uh, things. all yeah. these
1: things. All these things. So, which one would you have us start with first? If we're going to dive into Amy Reid. I guess it depends. If you're really a cozy mystery reader, I would start with De- uh, the worst Noel. Yeah. But for. A, a mystery that's a little more on the serious side, I would start with The Secrets of Halstead House or House of the Hanging Jade. Those are my first... They, they were two of my first three standalone books. Okay, cool. So,
0: yeah. so the the uh, gothics were standalone. You mm-hmm. can do those
1: in any order. The others... That's right. And and um, I have a series called the uh, Malice series, and that's set in the United Kingdom. Oh, yeah, yeah we did talk about that. also gothic style. Mm-hmm. Um, they're written in a... In a way that that there's sort of a story arc that goes along with the family that are the the main characters of these books. But they really can be read alone. The stories, you know, are are pretty separate. The plots of each
0: story are pretty separate. It's a hard choice, you guys. So you'll just have to make this hard decision yourself. I think I'm going to start with one of the gothics. I'm feeling dark. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, so, thank you so much for being on. Thank you very much. Was this great was meeting a you. a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm so. sorry about the sun blasting you in the face oh, that's here. that's okay. It's like a that's spotlight okay. on makes Amy's makes me feel face. like an angel. Yes. That's right. She's an angel. <laughs> She's a star, a star yes, angel. That's it. And for you guys, thanks again for thank listening, you. for watching. And go out and read a good book this week. In fact, go to my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com, and I'm not going to tell you to read mine, although it wouldn't hurt my feelings, but (laughs) my Wine, Women, and Writing page has the list of shows upcoming, and you can prepare in advance and read some of these authors' books before the shows actually hit the air. So you guys go do that and have a great week. Thank you.